Hey folks, welcome to the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network podcast. I'm your host, Lewis Carlin. We're heard right here on the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network. Thank you so much for joining me today. Jake Lee, the All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Heavyweight Champion, newly crowned champion, just won the title last Saturday in an extremely, extremely great series of matches. We'll have his first title defense on July 22nd. Doesn't know who his opponent's going to be. It's part of the Summer Action Series for All Japan Pro Wrestling. They have four shows scheduled for the Summer Action Series. And on July 11th, a number one contenders match will take place. Uh, if you watched the show last Saturday, uh, Shitaro Ashina and Suji Ishikawa both came out to challenge Jake Lee for that title. July 11th, we have a number one contenders match as Shitaro Ashino takes on Suji Ishikawa. And the winner of that match goes on to July 22nd in Korokian Hall to face Jake Lee for the All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship. And that is going to be a great one. The number one contenders match is going to be absolutely fantastic. I can't wait for that one. July 11th can't come fast enough. Personally, I'm going with Ishikawa. I'm an Ishikawa guy. Um, I'm picking Suji Ishikawa to win that match. But whoever wins that match, whether it's whether it's Ashino or if it's Ishikawa, whoever faces Jake Lee on July 22nd, we're in for one hell of a match, uh, whoever it may be. So again, July 11th, Shitaro Ashino versus Suji Ishikawa to determine the number one contender. And on July 22nd, main event, Summer Action Series, Triple Crown Championship on the line as Jake Lee defends his title against either Shitaro Ashino or Suji Ishikawa. Also on July 22nd, we have a huge, huge World Junior Heavyweight Championship bout as the All Japan Pro Wrestling Junior Heavyweight Champion Francisco Akira takes on Suji, and that's going to be absolutely fantastic. They, they had the match... Um, previously during the tournament in which um, Akira became the number one contender. Uh, so again, World Junior Heavyweight Championship, new champion Francisco Akira versus Suji on July 22nd. Wow. Those are going to be two outstanding matches. I can't wait for, for, for either of those. Also on July 22nd, the All-Asia Tag Team Championship is an, uh, is a Izanagi, sorry, sorry, got a little tongue tied there. And his partner Zeus will be defending the All Asian, All Asia Tag Team titles against El Lindemann and T Hawk. Uh, that should be a great match as well. Other matches as well on July 22nd and on July 11th. The main event is actually the All Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag Team titles as Kento Miyahara and Yumo Aoyagi defend their titles against Koji Doi and Kuma Arashi. So lots of great matches coming up in the summer action series for All Japan Pro Wrestling, and it all starts on July 11th. I can't wait. I can't, this is gonna be this is gonna be fantastic. I can't wait for that number one contenders match. I can't wait to see who who is gonna be the number one contender for Jake Lee. Again, I'm picking Shuji Ishikawa, but I could be wrong. It could be Shitaro Oshino. Uh, but as I said, whoever it is, we're gonna have a great match on July 22nd for the All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Championship. We have a Leo Rush update. We have a Leo Rush update. I know Leo Rush has mentioned that uh, he has retired from professional wrestling. Uh, but New Japan Pro Wrestling have been announcing him on a number of shows 
and I was a little I was a little curious about that if maybe um, that um, the advertisement went to press before uh, Leo Rush was able to um, before Leo Rush announced his retirement, uh, but. According to this, Leo Rush actually, despite announcing his retirement, he still has a number of New Japan Pro Wrestling appearances he needs to fulfill. So despite announcing his retirement, we will see Leo Rush on a number of New Japan Pro Wrestling shows coming up in the future. Um, he's got a show, he's got a match coming up this Friday against Adrian Quest on New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. There are um, a few other shows that have been announced as well. Uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling showing they're going to have their first live audience this summer at Fighting Spirit Unleashed, and uh, Leah Rush is scheduled to be a part of that as well. Uh, so he has been announced for a number of New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong shows, and hey, I'm all for that. I love Leah Rush. Leah Rush is a great, great talent, great talent. And it's good to see him uh, in action, whether it's New Japan Pro Wrestling, wherever it may be. And I'm glad we got some more Leo Rush matches coming. Hopefully, when he competes in these matches, that he'll get his love for pro wrestling or or whatever, whatever made him retire. Maybe he'll get that spark back during these matches, and he'll want to come back and um, and unretire because. You know, Leo Rush is a great talent. I would love for him to come back. Uh, but but the good news of that, of that is, is we're going to see Leo Rush a few more times, at least in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, strong, at least. And I mentioned Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong uh, set to have their first live audience this summer. It's going to be, as I mentioned, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. And the talent that's been announced for that, the Never Openweight Champion Jay White, Strong Openweight Champion Filthy Tom Lawler, Juice Robinson, Shota Umino, Leah Rush, as I mentioned, Renderita, Fred Rosser, and Carl Fredericks. So they got a nice little lineup uh, set for for the show. It's a nine match. It's a nine match show. Uh, it's going to take place. Limited tickets will be on sale. Uh, tomorrow, actually Wednesday, June thirtieth, at ten a.m. the Pacific um, Pacific time. Uh, so that's going to be a great show. That's going to be a great show. Lots of great talent on that show. Uh, very interesting to see that uh, Jay White will be a part of that show. Shota Umino. Shota Umino, uh, from what I understand, is no longer on excursion. His excursion is done. Uh, he's now coming back to New Japan Pro Wrestling full-time. Will be on this New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong show as well. Um, uh, it's actually August 16th will be the show. I was looking for the date on that. So Monday, August 16th. Uh, it's actually the first time New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong will be taping its matches in front of a live audience. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong in front of a crowd. Uh, but expect big things from Shota Umino, whether he stays in the U.S. or if he goes back to Japan and competes. Shota Umino, one of the bright, bright young stars in professional wrestling. And it's really good to see him out of excursion, done with his excursion, and it's on to becoming one of the top stars for New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is what he's going to do. So that's going to be very exciting. Once again, August 16th, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. First matches in front of a live audience, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Also with New Japan Pro Wrestling, they have finalized their upcoming plans for the G1 Climax Tournament, their biggest tournament of the year, and it's going to take place September and October. So the tournament will be held in September and October. No talent has been announced yet, but this is very, very exciting. G1 Climax will be taking place 
September and October, and hopefully we'll get some talent announcements um, within the next month or so. I hope we see some Impact Wrestling stars um, head on over to Japan. I'd uh, love to see Josh Alexander in the G1 Climax, uh, Eddie Edwards, um, Moose, would be would be great in the G1 climax, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how the the pandemic's going. It's coming to an end, and uh, hopefully we can see some Impact Wrestling stars, even some AEW stars. I would imagine John Moxley would be involved in that uh, if he's able to um, fly over there for with this pandemic. But pandemic's coming to an end, so I hopefully by September uh, and October he'll be able to head over there. Uh, but again, I would imagine John Moxley would be involved, and again, I would love to see some. Um, impact wrestling stars. Uh, well, I say some, I like to say like one. If, if they're gonna pick anybody, it's got to be Josh Alexander. If, they, if they're gonna pick anyone that can hang with with uh, <laughs> with the new pro, pro wrestling stars, it's definitely Josh Alexander could do it. It would be great to see him over there with the exhibition title. Uh, so if they're gonna pick one guy, I, I Josh Alexander is my guy. Josh Alexander or Moose, uh, they should send over there 100% uh, for this uh, G1 climax. Again, September, October. And of course, the winner of that goes on to Wrestle Kingdom to challenge for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So exciting news, exciting, exciting, exciting news for New Japan Pro Wrestling with the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong um, Fighting Spirit unleashed in front of a live crowd. And now the G1 Climax being announced uh, for September and October. Okay, let's get into the Sportster. The Sportster, I, I don't know if anyone is familiar out there with the Sportster. I would imagine a lot of people are. But they, they seem to be stuck on putting out these top 10 lists. I don't know if anyone reads them or if anyone pays attention to them. But they put one out. They put one out recently that just is just absolutely ridiculous. Makes zero sense at all. It's called 10 Wrestlers. TNA ruined before they could join the WWE. So the Sportster, this was written by Joey Haverford. So the Sportster is, is releasing an article claiming that there are 10 wrestlers that could have made it to the WWE, but because of TNA, they TNA ruined their chances of them making it to the WWE. So let's run down the list here. Number 10, Petey Williams. Um... I'm not going to read everything, but it says um, TNA couldn't figure out what to do with Petey Williams and made him align with Scott Steiner in a comedic role. Even with the entertaining segments, Peter was never Petey was never used in a serious role. Steiner eventually turned on him, ending Williams' run of relevance, and the WWE never picked him up. What in the hell is he talking about? You know, so Petey Williams' run of relevance ended after Scott Steiner turned on him? Is this guy insane? And because of that, he's saying the WWE never picked him up. Is he insane? Is he insane for insinuating that? I mean, that's just plain stupidity. The WWE never picked up Petey Williams because was, because uh, he was using a in a, a comedic role with Scott Steiner. So because of that, the, the WWE never picked him up. That's just absurd. It's just absurd. Okay, number number <laughs> stupid. Number nine is is Hernandez. Uh, number nine is Hernandez. Number number eight is Amazing Red. Uh, it says um, TNA hurting Red's value prevented him from getting a WWE shot in his prime. How does this guy know this? How does he know this? How does he know that that TNA that TNA hurt Amazing Red 
to a point where the WWE decided, oh, we're not going to give him a shot. We, we, we were going to give him a shot. The, the Vince McMahon or Triple H, we were going to give him a shot. But uh, TNA kind of ruined him. So, no, we're not, we're not going to give him a shot. What, what kind of stupidity? What, what is he talking about? What is has this guy has this guy Joey Haverford? Did he sit down with Triple H or or Vince McMahon and, and go over these ten names? You know, I know I've only mentioned three names, but did he go over these names and say the, the here are these guys? Uh, uh, have they not made the WWE because of TNA? It's just uh, yeah. Doug is, the, number seven is Doug Williams. Um, number seven is Doug Williams. Uh, it says the inconsistent booking of Williams saw him in a thankless position, putting over others toward the end of his run. Because of that, WWE never looked at Williams during his prime. Again, how does he know this? How does Joey Haverford know this? How does he know Joey Haverford? How does he know that the WWE didn't look at Doug Williams because TNA or Impact Wrestling was inconsistently, inconsistently booking him? How does he know this? This is this is stuff where you know can can people take legal action because this this is false this is false information this is ridiculous information can this can this be can legal action be taken against a sponsor on this it's 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 borderline it's it's borderline you know maybe I should take legal action because they're making a claim uh, they're making it well like even impact wrestling because it's just borderline legal stuff I, I might be able to. Uh, <laughs> You know, they're claiming because of us, you know, we, we ruined 10 careers. And then because of that, maybe contact a lawyer or something. And so the, the Desmond Wolf, the Desmond Wolf, uh, was, uh, Desmond Wolf is number six. And five is number Daphne, is number five is Daphne. Five, it says, Daphne never got a chance to gauge WWE's interest in the free agent market due to an injury suffered in TNA. The promotion never took care of her and essentially ruined her future in wrestling. <laughs> so, so he's saying that <laughs> Joey Haverford is saying that TNA ruined her future in wrestling. That's that's a little, you know, that's something Scott DeMore could really take a look at. And I don't understand. say maybe we could, uh, maybe we have a case here against the sports and they're making these claims against us. They're saying, <laughs> It's saying, it's saying Daphne never got a chance to gauge WWE's interest in the free agent market due to her due to an injury suffered in TNA. The promotion never took care of her and essentially ruined her future in wrestling. So, so, so TNA ruined Daphne's future in wrestling? Is, is that is is that true? I mean, what, what is this stuff? What 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 are we reading here? This, this, Oh gosh! Oh, this is Matt. Is Matt Bentley? Matt Bentley. Um, Matt Bentley is number three. Jay Lethal. Jay, I'm sorry. Jay Lethal is number three. Said TNA never gave Lethal the push he needed uh, to move up the card, despite Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, and Ric Flair all attempting to put him over. So he's saying. TNA never gave Lethal the push he needed, despite the fact that they tried to give him a push by putting him by by having Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, and Ric Flair attempt to put him over. So TNA never gave him a push, but um, they did, you know, give him a. They they did in fact give him a push. You, you're saying he didn't. You're saying that they didn't give him a push, but a few words later, you're saying, well, they actually did give him a push. 
you know, by by um, having Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, and Ric Flair all attempt to put him over. So they did try to give him a push. So don't don't. That's just a contradictory uh, sentence there. Uh, it says Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair. Um, I'm sorry. So Lethal was fired in a shocking move that upset the TNA roster. I admit that was a that was they should have should not have let uh, Jay Lethal go. Uh, but it says um, WWE showed no interest in Lethal. Yeah, it doesn't indicate here, you know, it's, so it's, it's saying that T, the TNA, they, they never gave Lethal the push he needed, despite the fact that you admit that they gave him a push later on in that sentence. And uh, because of that, WWE showed no interest in Lethal. <laughs> I don't know where this guy's getting his information from. Again, I would love to sit down with Vince McMahon or, or um, sit down with Vince McMahon or Triple H and... Uh, See if this is in fact true. Of course, I'll never get to sit down with Vince McMahon, Joe H. But these these are wild, wild claims here by the Sportster and Joey Joey Haverford. Wild, wild claims. And number two, Jimmy Rave, and number one is Homicide. I'm not going to read anymore, but just wild, ridiculous claims on the port on the part of Sportster. Uh, I don't even know why they released that article, but just it's a really silly, dumb, stupid article. Um, and uh, before I wrap this up, I just want to say WWE, um, they have reached one of their all-time lows in, um, in viewership. Raw averaged 1.57 million viewers. That's terrible. They were at one point, uh, remember they were, one point they were averaging three, 3 million in the high twos, but now they're down to 1.57 million. People are still opening their eyes and they're realizing, hey, the WWE might not be that good anymore. And, and it's not, and it's not. So um, lots of people are turning their backs on the WWE and hey, you know, rightfully so in my opinion, rightfully so. And last but not least, Carl Anderson was on AEW Dark. Carl Anderson was on AEW Dark. And uh, I, I was a little confused in that because I thought, A, I thought Carl Anderson was just part of a, a storyline um, between, um, with him, uh, with Kenny Omega uh, battling, um, Wrestlers from right now, right now it's Sammy Callahan and Moose. Uh, I thought he was just they were just part of that little storyline there. I didn't know he was going to uh, be taking on um, wrestlers such as uh, he took on Wheeler Utah, guys that are trying to make a name for themselves and trying to get a contract or trying to get some sort of deal with AEW. I didn't know he's going to be like a test for for a new uh, star. So my question, or new up a new hopeful uh i should say new hopeful talent on aew dark so my question is when is uh kenny omega going to be taking on sam beal on uh before the impact that's my question on that note i'm going to say thank you very much for listening to me today my name is lewis carlin this is the alliance pro wrestling network podcast and until next time thank you very much take care bye-bye and stay safe everyone so long bye-bye